listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. There's a big fight on this weekend in the world of boxing, Beefy. Yeah, the world heavyweight title fight, and that's this weekend. It's not in Vegas. It's actually in New Jersey at the old Barclay Centre. Dominic Brazil taking on the wild thing, Deontay Wilder. These two have got a bit of history. There's a lot of angst there, so you'd assume this is going to be a very, very good fight. So they ended up having a fight in a hotel lobby. This is in Alabama. A lot of beef, but Wilder came out. He goes, I want a body on my record. He actually came out in public and said he wants to kill somebody. WBC are going to reprimand him for bringing the sport into disrepute. There's been deaths in the ring. There's been Mike Tyson biting people's ears off. He's been fully reprimanded for. These two blokes do not like each other. They've shown it through the press conferences all week. I can tell you now, it's not going to go to points. Somebody's going to get knocked out. They call uh, Deontay Wilder the wild thing because he has this windmill style. He swings his arms like a massive windmill just trying to connect. And Dominic Brazil's only lost one fight as well. Wilder has actually won 40 wins and a draw. This is in 41 fights, right? The other gentleman, Brazil, he's actually won 20 wins from 21 fights. So it's almost even on par. The only fight Brazil's lost was to Anthony Joshua, who's Mm. probably the best heavyweight fighter there is at the minute. Who are you thinking... He's the better fighter in this in this fight. Well, I like Brazil, actually. He's, yeah. uh, he's a good technician. Wilder, he just throws punches. Do you think because he's competed in half as many boxing matches as Wilder that he might be a bit fresher, a bit less punched around in the head and more able to perform? Wilder's had 39 knockouts in his 41 fights. He's got rid of people early. People yeah. can't cope with his style. I think Wilder probably have a bit too much for Brazil. Wilder is significantly the bigger man. It always helps in heavyweight fights. It's a pretty brutal sport, isn't it? Oh, unbelievably brutal. How many deaths do you think they've actually had in boxing? Hundreds. Is it the sport with the most amount of deaths? Um, no, lawn bowls. That's the most dangerous sport oh, on the planet. Quiet. It is. Lawn bowls. Lawn is that bowls. because of the age of the participants? Statistically, lawn bowls is the most dangerous sport on the planet. More people die playing lawn bowls than any other sport. Die. I won't be taking that one up. Guy from Doncaster, you're a big football fan. Obviously, the FA Cup final used to be the biggest day of the year for uh, football fans back home. Do you look back with the FA Cup final in terms of nostalgia and everything else? Yeah, I think the first the FA Cup final I remember was 1970, and I watched it every year for the next 20 or 30 years. It's all about the Champions League these days. All the money's in the Champions League. The FA Cup, you don't get a lot of money for. I think a lot of clubs and failing managers, they put a lot of emphasis on winning a trophy. And obviously, uh, not all clubs get to the Champions League. The FA Cup's still highly prized. Well, Man City got a chance to do a treble season because they've already won the League Cup and they just won the league, the EPL. So if they win the FA Cup, they've won all three. Yeah. What's on your bucket list is yet to be ticked off. This year, I've actually uh, been invited to go and play in a Masters football tournament in Torino in Italy Wow! Uh, in July. Wow, that is impressive. Are there going to be any big names playing in this tournament? I have no idea who will be there. I just got a last-minute invite. They had a spot free and they invited me and said, do you want to make up the numbers? Guys, best of luck in Turin. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Now, I surprise a lot of people die when I tell people Motorcycle Speedway is my favourite sport to go and watch. Invented in Australia, 1923, goes down in history, up at Maitland in New South Wales. There is no brakes. 500cc bikes, they can get up to about 150 kilometres an hour, go around hairpin turns without brakes. They turn right to go left. They slide the bikes around the corners. 
So if you've got no brakes, how do you stop? Don't accelerate. It eventually slows down. It's, it's yeah. like, it's, that's really scary. It is. We have produced some world-class champions also. Absolutely. Jason Doyle. 2017 world champion. Won it in Etihad Stadium here in Melbourne in 2017. Doyle actually had a massive crash two weeks ago. Punctured lung, broken ribs. He got out of his hospital bed. He will be riding, trying to get back that world title. Speedway is the national sport of Poland. They're going to get 50,000 fans into the national stadium in That's Poland. really interesting that Poland's got Speedway as a national sport, yeah. considering that the origins are in Australia too. Why, why do you think the Poles have embraced it so much? I don't think anyone really knows why Poland's embraced it so much. All the best riders in the world end up in Poland. They ride every Sunday in their league. Crowds are huge. But the Poles do like a drink. But you can't drink and drive. No, no, but at the stadium, the Poles get on it. Who's the number one? Number one rider in the world, Ty Woofenden. His dad, Rob Woofenden, was English. Ty was born in England, but Rob emigrated to Perth when Ty was two. Speaks like an Aussie, sounds like an Aussie, has an Aussie mentality. He (laughs) does represent Great Britain as a legacy to his dad. Ty's won the world title three times. Absolutely talented rider. He is the best around. Now, there's an American guy called Greg the Grin Hancock. Greg is 47, one of the best Speedway riders in the world. Won the world title of 46. Unbelievable. You're listening to The Bucket List. And this morning we're speaking to Ben Horn from the Herald Sun. Good morning, Ben. We've got the Cricket World Cup coming up at the end of the month. Then it rolls straight into the ashes. What do you expect to see from the Australians? I don't think anyone knows quite what to expect because a lot of it's going to be just out of their control and, you know, what's the reception they're going to get from the English fans when they arrive in England? How will they respond to the pressure and the scrutiny? that's on them with David Warner and Steve Smith back in the team for the first time. So there's a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of unknowns. But in terms of their recent form line, they've actually put together a pretty good side for the World Cup. They are perennial champions um, in the World Cup. So look, out of the two events coming up, the World Cup and the Ashes, I think the World Cup's where their best chances lie. I actually listened into uh, Kevin Peterson chatting the other day about Warner. Peterson basically came straight out and said he has never seen Warner hit the ball so clean. And for someone that has hit the ball quite well over a number of years, that's, that's quite a big statement. Kevin Peterson's not the only person saying that. I mean, David Warner does appear to be uh, a man on a mission at the moment. He's spent 12 months outside of top competition, but he's got himself to peak fitness. I mean, he was a fit guy before, but he's sort of taken that to another level. And there just seems to be a focus there that, that we haven't seen before. In Indian Premier League, he made over 600 runs in not even playing every game of the tournament. He's in incredible form. He's a key ingredient for the Australian side and they won the last World Cup with him there and uh, I'm not sure they could could have won this one without him. Not only that, I think the necessity of the fact that the Aussies weren't going too well without him in the side and then just sheer weight of runs has forced his way back in and the rest of the team have had to uh, forcibly accept the fact that he's in their best 11. What you've touched on there, Beef, is probably the biggest conundrum facing the Australian side. They've got an outstanding-looking team on paper, but how do they gel with Warner and Smith back in the team and how do the players sort of just accept that reality? They seem at this point to have accepted it well because the players playing the last couple of months knew that these two were coming back and it hasn't affected their form. The reality of actually having them back in the dressing room, clearly there are some awkward issues, a bit of awkwardness there. 
it is an unusual set of circumstances. Team bonding, I suppose, and those kind of combinations and connections, that would appear to be the biggest obstacle facing Australia. Yeah. The big question is, how will the English fans get stuck into them? And how are they gonna and how are they gonna react to it is the big question, I guess. You can take it as a given that the fans will get stuck into them. That's for sure. I imagine there'll be a few hardware shops selling out of sandpaper and things like that. Quite simply, Australia handled abuse from the crowds in South Africa last year terribly. Possibly the, the biggest contributing factor to what we saw with the brain explosion and the, the meltdown that was the, the sandpaper thing. So not being able to deal with those emotions properly, huge effect on everything else. I know that that's been a huge focus with a lot of these meetings that Australia's held over the last couple of months, which have been aimed primarily at sort of reintegrating Smith and Warner back into the setup. A lot of it has focused on how will you deal with abuse from the crowd, personal abuse about your wives or your girlfriends or your family. These are the kinds of things that Australia was exposed to in South Africa and, and flew off their handle. So it is the mental game off the field is going to be as important as what they're doing on it, basically. What's with Warner's facial hair? I don't know, a year in exile living in a cave. We'll see whether that stays for the World Cup itself or whether it's a, a passing phase. What do you think of it? He looks like Wolverine. <laughs> I suppose there's not much you can do, you know, fashion-wise, when you're wearing long pants and shirt and you're under a helmet, but he's doing his best. This is the Bucket List show, so uh, if there's any cricket venue across the world, which one would you pick out to uh, spend a test match in or a one day? Look, I don't think you can beat the experience of going to a game in India, especially for these games which we've just seen, the IPL and the huge crowds and the excitement. So Eden Gardens in Calcutta is pretty amazing, but I would say from atmosphere and crowd experience. And Cape Town in South Africa, despite the history that it now <laughs> holds for the Australian team, Table Mountain there and in the background, pretty spectacular. It pretty is. spectacular sight, yeah. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, ben, thank you so much for chatting cricket with us this morning. Oh, pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on. It's Ben Horn from the Herald Sun on the bucket list. It's a bucket list on SEM Plus. This morning we're speaking to Andrew Pogson for the MSO. A very exciting project coming up. You are doing Casino Royale. Now, I'm going to hold my breath for this answer. Is it with Daniel Craig? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's him on screen, not him in person. Dolly might have been getting at the original. I am a huge fan of Daniel Craig. And I know for a fact this is the movie where he comes out of the ocean in the blue trunks. I know. It's quite a weird swimsuit, isn't it? I think I saw that swimsuit at the gallery. They had a James Bond exhibition and it was on display. He's actually shooting Bond 25 at the moment. This is going to be amazing because you've got the MSO backing up this movie. It's a real cool format. We've got the full film, so it's with all the dialogue and special effects and so on. But we've got a special version of it that's been sent over from the studio that doesn't have the orchestra in there. And so the Melbourne Symphony's role is to play that film soundtrack live and in sync to the films. It's like an amazing hybrid of watching a film here in the orchestra. It's probably the fanciest way you can see a film. And also watching a film with 2,000 other people at Hamer Hall, there's like an electric atmosphere that sort of develops over the course of the film and, and you have people cheering in the middle of the film and at the end of each piece of music that the orchestra plays. like a real sort of amazing fan event. Do the crowd clap like at a gig at the end of a song? We find audiences just spontaneously burst into applause because hmm. some of this music is super exciting. We perform all sorts of movies throughout the year. We've got Harry Potter coming up as well and Star Wars later in the year. And I've got to ask you, because you had Ghostbusters recently, did people dress uh, up? 
Yeah, they certainly do. For for so many of our, our shows, people dress up. For Ghostbusters, we had both people dressing up with the, the new female cast. They've got a slightly different uniform and the old original cast. We even have sort of professional costume people who come along to a lot of these events, sort of pose for photos with the audience. We have a lot of fun with them. We're currently in the middle of fulfilling my bucket list dream by playing the original Star Wars. The 10-year-old in me is just giddy and quite frankly almost drawn to tears on many occasions when the orchestra plays and you know it's on a massive screen above the orchestra. It's really quite overwhelming and this is my job, the really cool part about it and it still gets me. You know I might watch the film five, six times during rehearsal and there are still multiple times that the hairs on the back of my neck stand up so it's really amazing stuff. And you know Andrew, uh, lightsaber fighting the French have actually recognised it as an official sport, whereas it, it was just a hobby used by nerds and geeks, I guess. But now they're actually doing lightsaber duelling as, a, as an official sport in France. <laughs> I'm going to have to go check it out. Definitely. Andrew Pogson, the Senior Manager of Special Projects, chatting about Casino Royale, which has been backed by the MSO, on the bucket list. Chatting to Martine this morning from Bentley East. Martine, what sport do you actually do? I do natural bodybuilding. The federation I do is Australian Natural Bodybuilding, which stands for the A&B. I do the fitness category. What is natural bodybuilding compared to normal bodybuilding? When you compete, you can't take any type of things that will enhance your performance. It's all natural and we get drug tested. It's all a natural federation. Wow. How much time are you spending on, on your sport during the week? I basically train three days with my coach, half hours, three half hours, do my own cardio at lunchtime, 45 minutes. I've got to say, Martine has had three children and she has washboard abs. I hope so. Yeah. Martine, there is a goal to this for you. What is there waiting for you? I would love to become a pro athlete. You get to compete with sort of professional athletes. You get to go different states, get to go overseas as well. So what's the competition in Las Vegas for bodybuilding? When you qualify, they let you go if you want to Las Vegas. So they're trying to make it more worldwide. It's also becoming really popular as well. Amateurs, people who are like me now, who aren't a pro, we're on stage with people the same as us. But then if you get to the next level, you become a pro. So then you'll only be competing with professional athletes. Have you got events coming up fairly Soon? Yep, I've just set my fitness goals for October. I'm doing the ANB Melbourne title, so I'll do that. Very glamorous. You would have had a few different costumes for your sport. What's the most interesting yeah. one that you wore? I was a showgirl, so I had South American blue feathers around my neck. I didn't want to have a headpiece, and then I had like a little gold outfit. I was also Lady Gaga. I had a really big headpiece, which I'll probably never do again because I was too scared it was going to fall off. I also was a Harley Davidson chick. I've got an idea for you for a costume. Princess Leia from Star Wars, you know when she was actually abducted by Jabba the Hutt and she had the gold bikini on? Oh, yes. <laughs> she was like the slave girl. That'd be a pretty cool uh, outfit, don't you think? It would. Well, actually, my next bikini was going to be gold. Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us a buzz this morning. Thanks for your call, Marty. Amazing. Thank you very much. We had the Empire State Building run-up Did. recently. Susie Walsham, who is officially an Aussie, she won the Empire State Building run-up for the 10th time. She actually represents Singapore nowadays in the run-up. So okay. uh, Peter Lobodowski, he won the men's event for the second time. Uh, no records broken this time. Apparently the temperature was a bit iffy. Makes it a bit slower, apparently. Oh, it's hot, funny. isn't it? Yeah. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to The Bucket List on ECM Plus with Diana Simons and Beefy. All the best for the weekend. May it be filled with sport. Adios. Ciao. Arrivederci.
There's nothing like being at a live event. Whether it's the Australian Open Tennis, the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan or the Bathurst 1000. With over 20 years experience, Sportsnet will ensure the adventure of a lifetime. With over 50 world-class events, Sportsnet guarantees official tickets and accommodation, even to sold-out events. You'll even get access to behind-the-scenes experiences. Over 10,000 travellers each year choose Sportsnet. Call 1-300-888-858 or visit sportsnetholidays.com. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au. And this morning we're speaking to Daniel Ciccone from Sportsnet Holidays. And this is really exciting. The old Indy is now called the Gold Coast 600. It's on the 25th till the 27th of October. One of the most picturesque races on the supercars calendar. Obviously staged in the heart of surface. Being a street circuit, there's always plenty of action, sometimes some carnage as well. There's only two races for the weekend, so a mistake where a driver doesn't actually finish a race can be the difference between them winning and losing the championship. Super important race. The weekend also features a number of other categories. So you've got the the Porsche Carrera Cup, which is the Porsche 911s. You've got the the Aussie racing cars, so the miniature versions of the supercars with motorcycle engines. Uh, You've got the, the Super Utes, the ECB Super Utes, and the Super 3 Series. Plus, it's the Gold Coast. Great beaches, cafes, you know, world-class golf courses. It's just a beautiful weekend. The course itself is in the harder surface. It's literally a two-minute walk to Cavill Avenue. The bars are just rocking. The atmosphere on the Gold Coast on this weekend is pretty phenomenal, and it is just an amazing weekend. The racing is chock-a-block. There's never more than 10 minutes without cars going around that track. We have access to trackside hotels where you can actually watch the race from your balcony. So difficult to get, so we have that option. We include a three-day trackside pass. Some of the special experiences, we have an exclusive dinner function, always hosted by a supercars commentator. Past and present supercar drivers will be there. Opportunity to get photos and autographs. Live music at that one. It's a real party, that function and part of the whole Gold Coast 600 party that the weekend is. Plus we include a pit lane experience. You know, it's an opportunity to walk down pit lane and experience the atmosphere. The weekend's all about speed. So we include a jet boat ride. Boats of with 440 horsepower that reach speeds of up to 80 kilometres an hour is part of the packages as well. Cannot get any close to a track than you can at the Gold Coast as well. You can literally stand on the fence and watch these guys race past within inches of you. What other supercars events do you also offer? The Bathurst 1000, we still have some uh, availability for that event in Bathurst. The Adelaide 500, the Melbourne 400 in conjunction with the F1. One of my favourites, the Darwin Triple Crown. I love that one up at Hidden Valley. Such a picturesque place to hold a supercars event. Newcastle 500, the Townsville 400, but the one I'm most excited about is the Perth Super Night. The first supercars night race to be held next year. Great to see you guys getting behind the V8s. If you want to find out more about the Gold Coast 600 or any other supercar events, make sure you give Sportsnet a call on 1300 888858. That's 1300 888858. Just head over to www.sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com.